0: Praise the Lord, God is good amen. amen man there's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord so I want to share a word with you so get your Bibles out and I want you to just kind of throw it open for just a minute i want to I want to share some things uh review over a couple of things I don't know about y'all but I, that message I preached Sunday I just loved it you know I always tell you I get it. I get it and then give it to you, you're getting the overflow and I'm not going to live my life by conjecture and supposition, amen? I am not going to be an an interpreter of omens, hello? I'm not going to let the devil come and talk to me and tell me what it looks like the future is, I'm going to tell him what the word of God says, amen? And that, that whole message, if you didn't see it, if you weren't here Sunday, you missed it. You need to go back and listen to it, but in that same thinking, because do you realize that the devil has just got us by the tail? And as long as we're listening to conjecture, just conjuring up what might be, he can throw something out there and you'll grab hold of it and then go with that thought that's not even anything. It's not based on anything, right? Except lies, I mean, the word conjecture means a conclusion deducted or deduced by summarize or guesswork. It is not fact. If you're, if the devil can get you to grab a thought that's not even of God, it's just some kind of hypothesis, some kind of something you conjured up, some kind of interpretation of omens that you've come up with that is not based on the word of God, is not in line with God's word. And he gets you to take that thought. Well, he's got you. He's got you until you wake up and say, wait, 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 wait a minute. But by then, with the 250 billion neurons going on in your head, flying around at 250 miles an hour, running down a ditch that you've already got cut of crazy thinking, right? You're in trouble. Because this thing's going to fall right back in the same wheel, zip down that path until you break that whole chain in your brain and let God rewire it and renew your mind to the word of God. So it's so important that we catch whenever we're making just we're making it up or we're listening to the devil, however you want to say it. Okay. Whenever you are just making conjecture or supposition, you're not basing your thoughts or your thought life upon the word of God. Well, then you've got to catch it. You've got to stop it. You've got to catch it. So with that in mind about catching those thoughts, uh, let's go over here because I don't want to get into all of that that I preached and how you, what truths you should be thinking about and all that. You just got to go listen to the message. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And let's build on this a little bit. How many of you have ever had like, like, you 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 heard a sound in the house, you know, like you you got a noise, you got something, and you and you're trying to figure out what it is. You go around, you're thinking, and then your mind starts thinking. Well, maybe it's this, and it's well, maybe it's that, and then you know, I don't know, but you usually don't think it's like, like a piece of gold that has fallen in the house somehow that's rattling around. And I mean, you usually don't have a very good thought, right? It's always something that's going to break. I remember one time, man, it was golly. This is years and years and years ago. Kids were little, and and uh, we were living uh, in Sabinau in a rent house. And and <laughs> you remember this? And so we're in our bedroom, and uh, she just put on some clothes to dry. And uh, so we hear this, you know, this ticking sound in the dryer. And so we're 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 getting ready to go to bed. I think we were. We're getting ready to go to bed, and uh, so we're already laying in bed. But this thing's going. I can hear, it, you know. And so I'm thinking, and so she can see me thinking. And so she's like, she puts her hand over on me. She says, "Just don't, just don't leave it alone. This would be okay." So we sit there a little bit longer. And I'm like, ah, I can't. I got to go see what that is. And so I go in there, get up out of the dryer, and sure enough, the dryer making this noise. So I don't know why, you know, first thing I thought was there was something like change or something in there, you know, and it was a a coin going through the tumbler. And so I felt all around it wasn't that, you know, move the clothes around and everything, put it back in there. It still does it. I said, man, it sounds like it's the belt or something, you know, and so I don't know why I got this thought. I just thought, I'm just going to spin this thing by hand. I am just going to spin it and turn it around and see if I can like find where the tick comes, you know, like, I don't know what that was going to. Do for me, but so I decided I'd give it a real good spin. So she's not in there, and she's still in the other be- in the bedroom. And so, just to let everyone know, never spin a dryer backwards. Do not turn it backwards. So I was going to get a good turn. So I was going to go backwards and. Woo! And so when I did that, it. Boom! Man, this pop, this loud pop. And I could hear her kind of snicker. She's like, I. You know, he went in there to mess with it, and now he's broken it, you know? So I turn it on to see what happens. It goes, it just, it's completely just messed up. So I just shut it off, and then I walked into the bedroom, got in bed, and I, she doesn't say anything, and I was like, eh, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to call the repairman on that one. I, think I just broke it big time. <laughs> but you hear those sounds, you hear those things, and you just, you're conjuring you're making conjecture about what could be. You don't know. Why did I mess with it? I had never torn into a dryer. I didn't know what was in there. Why was I messing with the thing? And sure enough, when you turn it backwards, the spring that holds the arm down, you run it backwards, the spring pops off. And that's what flew off and, and got everything down It was the belt, but I, there was no sense in me breaking it the rest of the way, you know. So this is what the devil does. He loves to do this. He loves to get you to hearing that tick, to hearing that sound, to hearing that something. Get off on those thoughts, and then you're going, and then you're gone. Then your neurons are flying 250 miles an hour down a path, and you're just causing destruction because it's all in here in your head. It's not real. You're basing it on conjecture, okay? Well, it says here in 1 Corinthians 9.24, it says, Do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they who do not obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not as with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air but I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. At least when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, we all have a race we're running. You are not running my race. You cannot run my race. Hear me. You cannot run my race. It's it's my race. You're running your race. Everybody say my race. You're running your own race. You're not running my race. You can't look and say, oh, pastor, he's ahead of me. No, I'm running my own race. And at the end of my race, if I complete my race and continue to go on serving the Lord at no matter what pace, hear me. Because God, see, according to Philippians 1 and 6, is perfecting and completing the work in my life. So if I have a slow spell He's still going to make sure that I'm getting to where I need to be on time, that at the end of my race, as I keep serving him, I'm going to receive the prize for my race. You're going to receive the prize for your race. The only way you cannot receive the prize for your race is you quit. So if you're listening to this message, you listen to Sunday's message, and you say, man, I'm too far gone. I got too many neurons flying in the wrong way. I can't ever get redeemed. I'm not ever going to get my thinking straight. That's not true. That's a lie. That's a lie. The truth of the matter is if you submit your life to Jesus and submit your life to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and you sit down before God and allow God to come work within your life, he will arrange your thinking. He will break those strongholds in your mind. He will get your neuron paths going in the right direction, but you have to do something. The something you have to do is quit think, taking the thought. Well, says says, take no thought? That means you had to take it if you're going to sit around and let the devil just fill your mind full of garbage all day long, well then, yeah, you're going to have wrong thinking and you're not going to get it straight. I'm sorry to say you'll die, you'll go to heaven and probably will not have finished your race. See what scares me in this day and age is that we have so many Christians, people who call themselves Christians that I'm not really sure that they are Christians, but if they are Christians, I'm not sure that they're, Even walking in biblical truths or biblical perspectives, they've just become a Christian who lives in the world and walks according to to the course of this world, walks according to the principalities and the powers of darkness, not the principality of heaven. And I don't see how those people are going to make it. But what I see about y'all, what I see about y'all is... Y'all are going to get to be people who make it, but not only make it, but disciple others to walk with Jesus. Do you know one of the strange things? It's not, I, I, I say strange. One of the, the effects that's happening because of the COVID is that a lot of people change churches because they went to churches that they didn't wear masks mask or they weren't as strict or whatever like that. But you know the result of that? is the people that changed and went to another church, now they're trying to change that church to be like their church was. And so pastors are fighting to keep their churches on track and going in the right direction because there's been an influx of people, and that's just what happens. And unless the pastor's strong enough to stand at the front and said, no, we're going this way, and if you don't believe it, you know you're going to have to get out. Because, see, people have thinking. And you can have religious thinking, And it's not right it's not biblical it's not biblical truth and so we have to look at that we got a race to run okay now it says that if you're running the race you've got to be temperate in all things now if you look up the word temperate it does mean like if you took a piece of metal and you heated it and you tempered it made it harder it does mean that but it also means self-control Okay, uh, the ability to conduct oneself temperately, but it also means a figure, in a figure, it's an athlete who prepares themselves for the game, for the game, abstaining from unwholesome things. In other words, they've become, they're, they're like, oh no, we got a game this week. We got to go to bed early. We got to eat right. We've got to not drink. We got to do, you know, whatever. You're preparing yourself. You're thinking about the game. Well, Christians have got to wake up and start thinking about the game. All right? We've got to start thinking about that we have an enemy. And he is, it's the wiles, the wicked wiles of the devil. He's wily, he's conniving. And if he can get you off track by thoughts, he's going to do it. If he can throw right in there or get somebody to say something or do something or, you know, then then you're sunk because you're going to take that thought. And the Bible over and over tells us, do not take that thought. So we got to be aware of the thoughts we're taking, okay? So we've got to live with vision. We as Christians have to live with vision because our job is to fulfill the great commission, which is to make disciples, win souls and make disciples. Right? Well, how can we make disciples if we aren't even thinking straight? Right? we got to have our own heads on straight. How can we teach athletics if we're not an athlete? So then how can you teach Christianity unless you're living out your Christian faith? So if we can't walk through adversity victoriously, then how are we going to teach somebody else to walk through it? Life's problems, and issues victoriously. It's up to us. We've got to get our thinking on straight. Now, uh, I explained all this Sunday that once you get your thinking on straight, once you start applying the Word of God to your life, once you start doing that, well, then neurons start firing in those directions. And as long as the thought comes into you, you destroy it because you're never going to get rid of the thoughts. You can't quit the thoughts. There's always going to be some yo-yo around you. What happened was, you know, like it. At, at certain times of, of, of history, you know, like a, 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 a monastic order would start where you had the monks and stuff like that, and they tried to hold it and isolate it away from the world because it was in the dark ages and stuff, and not a lot of the world was being taught, so they tried to, tried to guard themselves and draw down within to say, you know, okay, well, we'll just keep it right here. Well, the only problem with that is they don't get out to the world. It's got to go out to the world. The world needs to know. That's a wrong thought right? Okay. So we have to live our lives with a vision and not live our lives haphazardly just taking every thought. So here's, here's, here's what we're going to go to. Go to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. There's no better place than Psalms 1 to show you how you should be living your thought life and how you get into traps and how you need to stay focused. Psalms 1, verse 1. It says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And the ungodly are not so, but they're like the chaff in which the wind drives away." Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. When you read this, I mean, obviously, if you put yourself in that place, you see three things here. He first walked, then he was standing, and then he seated, right? So it's kind of the same way with our thoughts. You know, first the thought comes to us, and then you might stop and listen to it. But when you sit down and let it start to talk to you, you're done. You're done. And so he says, this is the way we gotta live. You gotta watch it. It's coming to you in three steps. It wants you to, you know, it wants you to sit down and have conversation with it. It wants to drop a cup of coffee with you and sit down and just go over everything. That's what the thought wants to do because it's trying to get you through this. It's trying to get you through these steps, walking, standing, sitting, right? And then what does it say in each one of those things? It says, the first one says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So uh, the first thing is you're listening to bad counsel, are bad thoughts right then it says then it says uh nor stands in the path of sinners so all of a sudden you're starting to take the wrong paths you're starting to the, the thought is causing you to to move to have a a a reaction right so now the thought came to you but you sat around long enough and now it's made you angry, so now you've got action to it. Now, then it says, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Now, I got to look in the word scornful up because that's, you know, that's not a word I use. I don't know about y'all, but scornful is just, it's not in the top of my vocabulary. So I, I, it, this is what it says, to scorn, to make mouths at, to talk arrogantly, to boast, to mock, deride. But then there's another language of it. Now listen to this. This is good. When I saw this, I just was like, oh, look at this. It means also to interpret, to be an ambassador. I thought, oh my God. He says, don't be sitting with the scornful, the interpreter, because I was thinking about Sunday's message, of conjecture and supposition. The ambassador of bad news. Don't be sitting down with this scornful person, this guy who's going to interpret how your life is going to go. There's only one person that's got my life, and according to John 10:29, I'm in the palm of his hand and ain't nothing taking me out. So then why is why you listen to what the enemy has to say that you're going to be taken out? Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, folks, listen to me. I said this Sunday and I thought it was harsh, but it came out of my mouth and I wasn't saying it to be mean. But I mean, if we're going to be Christians, we're supposed to trust in the Lord and in his word. And if he said he's going to take care of us, then he's going to take care of us. Why do we not have faith? Why are we trying to conjure up faith? If God said, I'm going to hold you by your, my strong right arm and nothing's going to hurt you, then why aren't we believing that? Why aren't we believing a thousand will fall out of our side, 10,000 on our right hand? Because we're listening to the scornful, the interpreter, the ambassador of darkness talking to us, and we've listened to him and believed what he said more than we believe what the word of God says. It's the truth. We're all guilty of it. I don't stand up here like I've never done it. I have done it. I've let a thought get into me, let that thing fester, let that thing up till I get mad. Then I'm outside, I'm all just stirred up, I'm mad, everything's mad, everything's going bad, then the whole day starts going wrong, then I just knew that was gonna happen, and yeah, this is whatever. And you just go off like that because he's got you by the tail, he's twisting your tail. And to just stop and say, God, I just worship you, I praise you, I love you, you love me today, Lord. You said that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever, it never gives up, every morning it's fresh and new in my life, Lord. But then, see, we want to look down and everything changed and everything's all gone and, and we're in the world of, you know, lollipops. But the truth of the matter is that that's irrelevant, because the truth is God loves you. The truth is God's with you. The truth is whatever is happening is not going to eat you. Right? <clears throat> in Genesis 42, 23, when, is where this word's used as an interpreter. It says, uh, in, it's, it's when Joseph was talking to his brothers and it says, but they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. That word interpreter is the same word that in Psalms 1 is said, the scornful. In other words, that that you cannot let that interpreter give you the devil's interpretation. You can't let anything but the word of God. That's why he says, no, 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 no. But he goes down and he says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that guy. Don't sit down there. Don't stand over there. Don't do that. But his, the, the person who's going to walk where he's a tree planted by the rivers of water, it's going to bring forth fruit. He says, no, no, that guy delights in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. In other words, he's hearing the word of God continually coming into him. He's listening to that truth, not the interpretation from the scornful one, but he's listening to that truth and that truth produces them by the river in victory. We say, well, it's so hard to do. It's really not. And I'm telling you this, everyone out there listening and watching, everybody in here, listen to me. If you can't stop the thoughts from going through your mind and you can't do it, you need to go to freedom prayer because that's what freedom prayer is all about, is breaking those chains and those cycles of going in there. If you can't hear from heaven, then you need to do that. But if you can stop it and you can get the word of God going in your life, well, then that's what you should be doing. Why are you listening to the devil? I mean, right now, if you look at the news, there's, there's very, very little good that you could even get out of the news, okay? And if you're going to let that dictate your life, then you're going to be depressed. But if you're gonna to go to the word of God and meditate in it day and night said say, Lord, you know, you're so amazing. You just wanna prosper me and bless me. You said right here, if I'm meditating on your word, then everything I, does, I will do will prosper and then my leaf's always gonna get green because I'm by the river, the flow of God coming into my life and my leaf is is green and I'm producing fruit and victory and, and, and I wanna be a blessing and, and this is the way it is, Lord, because this is what you said to do. So I'm just gonna meditate on your word. So they say, Inflation is going to skyrocket. Everybody's going to lose their job. Money is going to go terrible. And you say, man, I just thank you, God, I'm blessed. And even in the middle of Joseph, in the middle of a famine, Isaac planted in the middle of a famine. He was blessed, God. You always blessed people. blessed Abraham, blessed Isaac, blessed Jacob. You blessed David. You blessed Solomon. You blessed everybody. Everybody's always been blessed. It serves you and walks with you. I'm a blessed man. God, I just thank you that... You know, you sit over there in old Numbers 23. Oh, no, Balaam, he couldn't curse the children of Israel, so I can't be cursed. I'm blessed. Oh, where's old pastor's scripture book? I want to get that going down here today and say, Lord, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. If you walk like that, you're going to be by the flow of God, the river of God. And then the Holy Ghost can say, look, make a little left turn here. This, I shouldn't say this, I shouldn't, you shouldn't even say this example, but I remember when we first got married, we were broke, we were broke, broke, and so we didn't have any money, and so my, my great aunt was selling her car, and so we bought the car, and we got a good discount on it, because a horse had gone up to the back of the car and bit the car and scratched all the paint off all the way down the, the trunk of the car, and so we got, she gave us a good discount, on it, so we bought this car. Well, it was a, you know, it was a, it was, a was it a four-door car? I can't remember. Two door, wasn't it? Yeah, we had to lift the seat up and kids got in the back. And so, you know, I had one solid seat across the front. And I remember driving down the road with the kids so many times and they'd be in the back, this thrashing. You know, this is the day before seatbelts when, you know, you didn't have any of that. And they're thrashing, going on. And I would take my hand and pop it on that seat, Be what I mean, my God, they were just ridiculous, you know? And just had to, make, had to make a bunch of noise. You need to be that away with the thoughts and the, of the devil going through your head. You need to be that way where you just slam down your face and say, shut up. I'm not listening to you. What are you doing? Sit down back there and be quiet. And when you do things like that, you get some attention. And then you start speaking the word of God out of your mouth. You start declaring what the word says. And then you're in the flow and the river's coming into you, man. And you're drinking the water and the Holy Spirit and things are going good in your life. And you're going to see change. But as long as you listen to the devil, as long as you live in conjecture and supposition, you're always going to be defeated. You'll always be defeated. You say, why aren't things going my way? Because you won't quit taking the thoughts and won't quit speaking it out of your mouth. Yep. Yeah. Even if you did kill it, you've already dug it up, resurrected it, and got it back going again. Right. So anyway, we're not going to be those people. We're not going to live by conjecture and supposition. We're not going to be the person who's going to sit with the scornful, let them interpret us to us what's going on. We're going to be the men and women of God who know the word of God, who walk in the things of the word of God, who walk in the blessings of the word of God. And we're going to be producing fruit. Amen. So look at the person beside you and say, you look like a fruit producer to me. Fruit producer. Praise the Lord. So I just encourage you, go back, read Psalms 1, go over it, memorize it. Get it down in your heart. Get it down in your heart and say, I ain't sitting with none of those guys. I ain't going to talk to none of that. I ain't going to listen to that yahoo interpret bad things to me. Amen? Amen. So let me pray for you. Everybody out there watching, listening, and everybody in here, let's just go ahead and stand up. I want to bless your finances. I want to bless you. I want to just declare that, man, you're thinking straight. So, Father, I just pray over everyone right now in Jesus' name. I declare, Lord God, right now that their minds are going to be minds that are of Psalms 1, that they are blessed. Lord, they're by the rivers of God. Their belief is green. Their fruit is being born because, Lord, we're hearing the voice of the Lord coming to us. We know what the word says and we're going to walk in it. I declare that we're not going to stand and sit with the scornful, Lord. We're not going to walk those paths. We're not going to listen to that scornful, that interpreter, that ambassador talking to us about all the things that the enemy does. We're not going to walk according to the course of this world, but we're going to walk according to, Lord, what your word says. And so, Father, I thank you for giving them minds to see this, getting their ears attentive to when they're listening to the voice of the devil, getting it shut up, getting it stopped so they can walk with you and have victory. Now, Lord, I declare that, our, uh, that we are blessed. I declare that we are givers. We're sowers around this world. And I declare that we're blessed. I declare the finances of the people are blessed. The businesses of the people are blessed. Those that honor you, oh God, you said you would honor. And so, Lord, I thank you for blessing them, creating ways, all kinds of means, inventive ideas into lives to just make businesses successful and people successful. Lord, I praise you for it because you said everything our hand touched will prosper. And so, Lord, prosper them. So bless them tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this word. And I declare our thoughts are on you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.